Caitlin licks the frosting off her thumb and stands back to look at the cake. It's not straight. She pulls a spatula out of a drawer and pushes the back of it against the uneven layers. The cake straightens, but now there's a dent on one side. Just leave it be, she whispers to herself. She's always making things worse by fussing at them. The recipe is easy, the blog had promised. But then, Caitlin found out that she needed six cake pans, one for each layer of the rainbow. She didn't have six cake pans, so she had to make it in stages, cooling and washing up the pans in between, and then the decorating. Caitlin had gotten to bed just before 1 a.m., hot and frazzled, with a sugar headache from licking the frosting off her fingers so many times. Do we really need a cake? Ben had asked, watching her disappearing under a cloud of confectioner's sugar. I mean, it's not his birthday, Katie. No, it wasn't Briar's birthday. It was much more important than that. Officially, it was a back-to-school party. That's what the invitation said. A chance for the new middle schoolers to get together before term started. Unofficially, it was a help Briar make friends so that middle school won't be a total disaster party. A cake will make it feel special, Caitlin had answered. It'll be something for the kids to gather around. Okay, my love. Okay, Ben had said, kissing her cheek. And despite the crazy middle-of-the-night baking, Caitlin was proud of it, her big, lopsided rainbow cake. The kids will love it, she tells herself. She takes off her apron, steps out of the house, and looks around the front yard. Her heart gives a little skip. So what if the party was beyond their budget? She'd give a few more writing lessons in the fall. They'd pay off the debt soon enough. It would be worth it in the end. To the side of the house, on a patch of dry grass, the bounce house sways in its yellow, red, and black skin. Next to it, the water slide. She'd gone through the safety precautions with the rental company. In case any families turned up with infants or toddlers, she'd child-proofed the whole property, the stable and the house and the front yard and the outbuildings. She'd checked with Angela, the face-painting lady, that her paints were allergen-free. She'd gone to Target and bought extra bottles of sunscreen in case anyone forgot. And she'd set up coolers full of ice with juice boxes and water bottles next to each of the attractions. Caitlin Wright wasn't prepared to leave anything to chance. She heads towards the magician setting up under the small gazebo she's rented for the day. The pictures of him online looked more impressive than the man who had showed up in a faded black suit and a clip-on tie. As Caitlin walks towards him, she can smell it. Sweat on nylon. She panics suddenly. Kids these days are smart. What if the old gold coin behind the ear and rabbit from a hat stuff doesn't cut it? What if they're disappointed? A disappointed child could bring down a whole party. Stop worrying, she tells herself. It's going to be fine. Have you seen my son, Briar? She asks the magician. I told him to come down and help you set up. The birthday boy? He's not the birthday boy. It's not. She'd explained it to him. Oh, never mind. She really should have gone for the more expensive magician. He came for a bit and then left, he says, pulling out a black and white wand that looks like it came from a kid's magic set. Left? Where? I don't know. He said he was hot. Of course, the party had to take place in the middle of a heat wave. And of course, Briar would find it too hot. His Irish coloring, 
red hair, and pale, freckled skin like hers wasn't made for this climate. She suspects that life would have been easier if he'd inherited Ben's dark hair and olive skin. Caitlin looks up to her son's bedroom window. The curtains are drawn. She must not have heard him go back upstairs. She sighs. They'd had a chat this morning about how important today was, that sneaking away to his bedroom to play with his rocks wasn't okay, not until all the guests had left. She runs inside, straight up the stairs, and knocks lightly on Briar's bedroom door. She hears a faint, come in. He's sitting at his desk, looking through a magnifying glass. A lamp casts a hot light over his stooped shoulders. His ears glow, the hairs on the back of his neck are lit up. She goes over and picks up a piece of granite that sparkles like silver. They drive her crazy sometimes, these rocks cluttering up his bedroom. And all that time he spends digging them up and then polishing and classifying them. But they're beautiful in their way.